0: Welcome along, I'm Alan Williams and this is the Alan Williams Podcast. Good afternoon team, welcome to episode number 84 of the Alan Williams Podcast. Let's hope you're all having a wonderful day out there. It's been a little bit better this week, the weather, temperatures have picked up a wee bit. It's quite nice out and I for one am enjoying it. I love the longer evenings, it makes things a little bit easier. A bit easier to get out training, a bit easier to get out for a run, get out for a walk out for some fresh air, whatever it is that you enjoy doing, go and do it and enjoy the the longer evenings and the good weather, long may it continue. Let's talk a little bit about changing your state, changing your state of being, if there's days that you don't feel like it, we all have those days, if there's days when you're stuck in a bit of a funk and maybe that's carrying on for a week and you just want to pull yourself out of it because you know you're not performing at your best, you know you're not showing up at your best, you know that you're just not feeling your best and you want to get out of that, how do you do it? Let's just chat a little bit about my situation for a moment. I've done a lot of work on mindset for a long, long time now. That doesn't mean I'm bulletproof to all of the things I've just mentioned. I also have times when I'm just stuck in a bit of a funk and I want to pull out of it. Um, a couple of weeks back, more than a couple of weeks, four or five weeks ago, I had a bit of an issue with my car the car decided to stop working on me and not a nice small problem either it was a, f- a fairly big one the uh the timing chain went to my car which also destroyed the engine which meant it has been in a garage now for four weeks and the bill is going to come to a few grand at the time I wasn't actually that bothered I was like okay these things happen look it's a lot of money it's not ideal but nobody died and that's just a mindset thing. I normally handle things quite well. I don't go down the panicking or the feeling sorry for myself or the frustration or the anger. For me, it's more normally just keeping it in context. This has happened. It's not ideal. Of course, I would love to have my car not be careless for a few weeks. And of course, I would prefer not to spend my money on that. However, it has happened. And that is just how life is. Life can be a bit shit sometimes. That's just how it goes. It's nothing to stress about. So that was my approach. And even then, people were ringing me, family and friends were ringing me. And I was saying to them about, you know, I didn't have a car and this had happened to it or whatever. And I was probably very calm about it anyway. But then other people were going, oh, geez, that's awful annoying. Oh, you must be raging with that and whatever. And it's almost like outside people are willing you into a state in a way because that would be their response. Whereas my response was much more measured, I think. But that's years and years of reading personal development, of listening to podcasts, of working on myself. So the response to it was quite good. Now where I did experience frustration further along was this week just gone, the last couple of days. And the frustration was coming from the fact that the job is taking a lot longer than it was meant to. So it was obviously a big job anyway, but I was pretty much told at the start we'll have it back to you probably within two weeks. At the moment it has gone on to four weeks I hope my garage people don't listen to my podcast, (laughs) I hope they don't because I'm not slating you folks if you do listen, I hope you don't, but um, yeah it was meant to be a two week job and then we're in week four and at the start I was going, I actually don't really mind this because it's grand, it's actually making me get a lot of work done. I was studying still at the time, I had my college course going on and I was very very busy with work and i was trying to catch up on a lot of stuff and i was going this could be a blessing in disguise because now it means i can't actually go anywhere i just have to knuckle down and get all this stuff done i also have a shop about 200 meters from me so i have no excuse it's not like i was been put on the bread line or anything by not having a car so there was no major issue i thought that's grand first couple of weeks it was fine and I was getting loads of steps up, and everything was going quite well, and getting loads of work done, very, very productive, and I was proud of myself, and everything was great. By week four, this week, it's at the point where I just want my car back, and it's actually, it's not the things you think it is. You kind of think, oh, you need a car for this or for that. It might be an urgent thing. It's not that. It's actually mentally for the head. It's like, going for the same walk over and over and over and over and a lot of people can identify with this with the year we've had it's just the same same thing you're going same walk you're seeing the same branch in the same place same route and it's just driving me mad at this stage so i'm kind of thinking i just need to go somewhere else i just need to do something else i just need to go and whatever even if it's driving two k's out the road for a different walk just to do something else so that's kind of where I'm at with it. So the frustration has been building up this week. Um, and and I don't know even if frustration is. Frustration probably is the right word. But just feeling a little bit not myself the last couple of days. Just a little bit more down than I normally would have. And it's just that accumulation of things. And that was kind of the final straw for me. Because obviously we're all in lockdown which has been a challenge anyway. So there's that. Um, work's been really busy. There's a lot going on. There's been a lot of good stuff going on. And then all at once, everything just seemed to seemed to come together. There was, before that, problem even with the car. The weekend before, I had to get tyres changed, got the four tyres changed. And then I was driving along, and a chipping flew up, and I got a chipped windscreen. And then there was, oh, there was something else, I forget. But anyway, there was kind of a few things came together. And then, of course, the big one came. And suddenly then, I was still doing fine with all of that. And then it's just the frustration of actually pure and utter lockdown literally not been able to go anywhere because everything has to be within walking distance so the first few weeks as i said they were okay but this week has just been frustrating so i found myself getting to a point where i was kind of going oh beep this you know and you kind of want to you want to just get back to normal life and you're thinking at that time oh my car is gone and then you can start thinking life's been changed drastically over the last year then you're going to need a haircut and you know you can start dwelling on all these things And for 10 minutes, that was kind of happening to me. And then I realized I have to change the state. I have to change the state of me. Can't go down that rabbit hole. It ain't going to serve me. It's doing me no good. If I go down that rabbit hole, I'm probably going to be in it for the whole week. So immediately, I suppose it's just self-awareness as well. Self-awareness that that's where it's going. I can run with that or I can just let it pass by. Acknowledge that yes, there's frustration that my car is still not back. Uh, Yes, it's frustrating. But it's not the end of the world. So let's just let that feeling pass. Just acknowledge it and let it pass. It's like if a car pulls into your driveway. You have two choices. You can let it go on by without you. Or you can stop and you can get in. And you can go with it. And I decided that that wasn't the best route to take. Because that's just going to lead to more anxiety. More frustration. More irritation. Probably some anger. I said there's no point. I'm not ruining my week. I have control over that. So we all have control over our state. And over our emotions. So just to be cognizant that it is something that you can impact and you can affect it just starts with self-awareness that you catch yourself early on with it and you don't you don't go with it you don't go into the rabbit hole and you don't end up a week later feeling like the world is ending and everything is dreadful so it's taking charge of it and being in control and sometimes you have to realize that I can't change the thing but if I can't change the thing then I have to change me around the thing so the thing here being that I've no car So, look, it's a third world or a first world problem. Of course it is. I have no car. That's the thing. I can't change that. It's out of my control. Literally, until that garage ring me and tell me the car is ready and you can collect it, there's nothing I can do. I know absolutely nothing about cars. Zero. Zero. So there's no point in me thinking I can control that or I can change that. I can't. So if I can't change it, I have to change me around it. I have to make the best of the situation for me. What I can change is my attitude and my behaviours. And my emotional response. That's the only thing I can change. So that's what I've decided to do. And that's what I've done over the last few days. And that's why I'm happily recording a podcast today. Rather than being in a situation that is making me ten times worse. What do you do to change your state? I guess that's different for everybody. There are a few things you can do. And I'm going to share some of mine with you today. You might totally disagree. You might have something totally different. For you it might be gardening. It might be walking the dog. It might be jumping on a zoom session with a friend for a chat whatever it is that you do that changes the state that makes you happier that's something that you need to identify for yourself what is the thing that changes your state there are a few things for me and the first one is definitely exercise I know if I don't train for let's say even three days I don't feel good I'm climbing the walls I can't like three days is a stretch for me I pretty much have to be training every day That keeps me at peak performance, keeps me feeling really good about myself, keeps my emotions in check, keeps me nice and steady and level emotionally. If I don't train, by day three or day four, I will be climbing the walls. I will be so frustrated. I will have stress building. And I just know that I'm not as nice a person to be around because I'm frustrated and I'm not feeling great. So therefore, it's really, really important to me that I exercise every day. And it's not just about looking great or anything like that. It's way, way deeper than that. It's about feeling amazing. It's about feeling the best version of you. That's what it's about. That's how you change the state. It's certainly how I change the state. If there's a day that I'm feeling a little bit, in a bit of a funk, or I'm feeling a little bit down, I will literally put on the runners and go for a run. In ordinary ordinary times, I would normally go for the gym. The gym is my preferred destination. That's my preferred modality of training is lifting weights. But if I can't do that, and I can do it at the moment because I have weights at home as well, so I do that too. But sometimes I just need to get a sweat on and I need to get the heart rate up and I need to just blow some steam off. If that's what I need to do, put on the runners, go and run. And it could be, depending on how much time I have, if I don't have much time, it might be just a 3K sprint where I'm literally just out the gate and gone for 3K. Fast as I can. Come back, elevated heart rate lungs on fire lungs hanging out of me can barely breathe but I feel great after so it's a little test against myself I'm not competing against anybody else it's literally just a time trial against myself if I'm short in time that's what I'll do if I have a bit more time and I want to go at a slower steadier pace then I'll do that and I could be gone for 90 minutes I actually would you know I I would have no problem just kind of saying I'm going to go and run for an hour and see where I go and if it takes me 10k or it takes me 20k so be it I don't know where I'm gonna go I'm just gonna keep running so that's sometimes what I do as well if I need to blow off some steam but these are just things that work for me you need to figure out what works for you as well hitting a punch bag works quite well I find too if that's something you're into yourself I love it 20 minutes in a punch bag stress is gone afterwards so these are just ideas on changing the state of being if it's a thing that you're finding you're not feeling great I'm just throwing out ideas at you here a couple of other things that work breath work Breathing works phenomenally well, and I'm the first to hold my hand up here and say I'm not great at this because the likes of meditation and that, even something I know there are huge benefits in. And even during lockdown, I have tried it a couple of times and it's been really, really good. I know it's something I need to work on more because I'm one of those that's always on the go, always on the move, rarely sits down. And I tell myself I'm not the sort of person who meditates even though I believe everybody should be the sort of person who meditates because it is hugely beneficial. But even simple things with breathwork, getting new ear into the body can change the state of being completely. One of the best pieces I was ever given, piece of advice I was ever given around public speaking was controlling your breathwork because it helps enormously even with things like nerves. So before I go on stage I will get some breath work done, because that actually is taking my attention away from what's causing anxiety. As human beings, we can't focus on a number of things at once, we can only focus on one thing. So if I'm putting all of my attention onto my breath work, I might do some box breathing, or I might do another one that Jerry Duffy introduced me to, which is breathe in for 4 seconds, hold your breath for 11 seconds, and breathe out for 7 seconds. I've got that r sorry, it's breathe in for 4, hold for 7, and breathe out for 11 And what that does, takes the heart rate back down, clears the head, you're getting fresh oxygen into the body, and it also diverts your attention away from the thing that was causing the stress or causing the anxiety. So when all of my focus is on the breath work and on counting the seconds, that's where my attention is. So now I'm not thinking about going out on stage and the people that are waiting there to see me and what if I mess up. I'm not thinking about that anymore. All of my attention in that moment is on the thing that I can control, which is my breath work. And that's reducing my stress and that's reducing my anxiety. So even for you, maybe think about a bit of breath work, think about a bit of meditation. If you haven't tried it before, it is massively beneficial. It is fantastic. And I know I don't do it enough. I'm going to openly admit that. But I certainly will make more of an effort to do it because it's something that I need to work on. So that's just another little tip on changing the state. And finally, one that I find extremely, extremely effective, and I actually, I swear by this, it is life-changing, journaling. I've mentioned journaling a few times on the podcast but changing the way you think and changing your state and changing your mindset journaling is massively helpful for me in controlling stress It is the single well not the single biggest thing I would say is that but is one of the biggest things it is absolutely one of the biggest things that I have put into practice over the last few years and the benefits of it honestly it's hard to even describe in words how helpful it has been it's literally just getting everything out of your head and onto paper so for me, I use it for business and I use it for personal life and whatever is causing me stress, out of the head it will come and down onto the page in front of me it will go. And the clarity it brings and just mentally you feel so much better when you actually can see what's causing the problem, what the problem is, get very, very clear on it. So what's causing me the stress at the moment? What is it? And sometimes it's actually just getting context on it as well because in our heads, we overplay it. We've turned it into this huge thing when maybe it's not actually that big. On paper you see it and you go, oh yeah, well, okay, that's that's doable, that's manageable. And then you start to figure out, well, what am I now going to do about it? What are the action steps I'm going to take to solve that problem? And suddenly you start coming up with answers. And then the reassurance that comes to you is absolutely huge. Rather than it being all muddled up in your head and going round round and round and round and round and causing more stress, more anxiety, more tension, getting it out there and coming up with solutions is what brings clarity and brings focus. And again, it changes the state. The state has gone from confusion and anxiety to clarity and purpose and seeing a way forward, which also brings a sense of confidence. Every single day after I finish work, I make my a little bit of journaling for the next day. I make a little list, a list things I'm grateful for. And I also list things that I need to get done tomorrow and things that will move me closer to my goal. Why I do that is because when it's out of my head and I know exactly what I have to do tomorrow for the rest of the week, every day is mapped out. And then there's a huge, huge sense of clarity on where I'm going. And that means I go to bed at night and there's none of this stuff going round my head and wondering what if this happens, what if that happens, and what do I have to do tomorrow? And I have five million things to do and you don't know where you're going to start. That doesn't happen because when you have your little list made and you have your priority tasks, and you go, well, I know now that when I start work in the morning, I'm going to start work at 10 o'clock and this is the first thing I'm going to do which is the major task that has to be done for the day. I'm going to get it out of the way early and here's the other couple of things I'm going to get done and that's clear as day and what you can even do if you want is map out the whole week so that you know there's no pressure. You're then going if I do these three things tomorrow, these three things on Thursday, three, these three things on Friday, you know exactly where the week is going and that mental clarity is what takes away the stress and the anxiety. So that's just a few little tips for you. Journaling, I would I would swear by. It has been just life-changing for me. Even with your personal life and stuff like that, you can use it as well. If there's something you're struggling with or you're not sure where you're going, it's literally figuring out, well, what do I want to do? How am I going to get there? What are the actions I have to take to move me closer towards that? So just have a little think about those things because those things for me, they're the little things that can become the big things and that can cause unhappiness and misery and sometimes a little bit of stress. So those are worth considering. Another state of being that I think is becoming more prevalent over the last year or so is the state of loneliness for a lot of people. It's been a tough year. We've been in lockdown for the vast majority of the year, bar a few little weeks here and there where we've been given a bit of respite. But for the most part, we've been in lockdown for most of a year. And I think for so many people, that has led to a sense of loneliness and especially for people who live alone, and maybe for our elderly people more so as well, I would imagine. But it's not even always just the people that live alone. You can be living and have people around you and be the loneliest person in the world. So you need to look after yourself as well. But also, I think looking out for each other and being the person maybe that just picks up the phone or maybe just checks in on somebody. It's the simplest thing in the world, but it could literally change somebody's day. And it could literally change somebody's week or somebody's month that you're just picking up the phone and making a call to them, just checking that they're all right and having a chat about nothing sometimes is all it needs. But loneliness is definitely a huge issue at the moment. Loneliness is more harmful to your health than smoking 15 cigarettes a day. That's apparently what the studies have shown, that it's more harmful to your health than smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Loneliness is also more harmful than obesity. So it's the impact that it has on our immune system and on our physiological responses. It's that state of stress, that state of anxiety, that state of being on your own, not having anybody around you, and that horrible feeling in the pit of your stomach that it's just you. And that's very, very difficult. Anybody that has been alone in lockdown will probably be able to identify with that. I've lived alone myself now during lockdown, and it is very challenging at times. For me, I think probably 99% of the time, I'm absolutely fine because I'm a very independent person anyway. And I've... I suppose got a lot going on in my life as well and I work hard and that takes up a lot of my time but I've good friends and I've good family in that too so I'm not too bad at all but there certainly have been times where you kind of go Jesus this is hard there's no denying that it, it is hard at times and then I put myself into the situation of somebody who maybe isn't working or maybe doesn't have all the stuff going on that I do and I think I would not like to be in that situation all day every day it would be absolutely horrible the loneliness is a killer It's an absolute killer So I would suggest if we've anybody listened to this, if there's somebody coming to your mind that you know that is living alone, just check in on them. Make sure they're okay. Because again, it might not even be elderly people. I speak about elderly people because they're the ones that naturally come to mind. But it might not even be them. You might know somebody who's the same age as yourself who lives alone. And maybe they're telling you everything is great, but maybe it's not. Maybe you just need to pick up the phone and ring them and have a chat with them and make sure that everything is all right in their world. And I don't know what the restrictions are at the moment but I think it's getting to the stage where we can meet one person or something like that isn't it didn't that come out yesterday I'm not sure so maybe you just need to go and check up on that person and have a chat with them for half an hour it might do them the world of good so yeah loneliness is another state that is is a difficult one and maybe it's one that needs a little bit more long-term help in getting out of rather than the likes of what we spoke about previously which was helped by obviously exercise and breath work and all the rest the loneliness state is maybe a bigger project and it's maybe something that we need to look out for those people and always support each other and help each other where we can so it's bringing an awareness to the fact maybe that they're there and that this is happening and that they need to be helped so now we've got an awareness of it let's go and do something about it if everybody listening to this podcast checked in on one person that would be a hell of a lot of people checked in on we have a pretty good listenership now if everybody checked on one we could literally change the world nearly or certainly our world and our people around us so that's something I would love you to do maybe it's a bit of homework go and check in on somebody that you think might be lonely or might be just struggling a little bit at the moment so loneliness is one thing as well that I've mentioned kind of the elderly but it got me thinking more recently as well about retirement and people who hit retirement age it's it's such an interesting one to me. I see you, you, people just like can't wait to retire. And I don't understand it. I don't get it. It's like, I can't wait to retire now. All the freedom I'll have. And, you know, I'll get to play golf all day and whatever. I reckon that novelty would wear off pretty quick. For me, it definitely would. I never planned to retire. I couldn't see myself retired. I think it's a huge challenge, retired. And I think people don't realise how much of a challenge it is until they're the person that's been through it. And I reckon the person that has been through it would probably tell you don't be in any rush to do it. The statistics actually in the research show there's a huge link between people retiring and dying shortly afterwards. So the ones who keep working and have something to live for and have a sense of purpose, they tend to last longer. And that doesn't surprise me because if you think about it logically, one minute it's Friday evening or it's Friday and you're at work and you've got all this stuff going on and you're important and you're a critical piece of the business and everything, you know, revolves around what you do and the decisions you make and how you manage people and so on and so forth. You retire on Friday evening and you go from all of that to literally Monday, been sat in your slippers watching Dr. Phil. Very, very, very different life. And I don't believe it's that easy just to flick a switch like that and transform overnight. And I think that can be very, very challenging for people to deal with. Because what you're losing, is not just a job you're, you're losing. It's a sense of purpose. It's a sense of identity. It's a sense of meaning in that I'm contributing something to the world. All of those things are probably lost when we retire. I don't ever see myself retiring because I'm so passionate about what I do. I love what I do. I don't see why I'd want to retire. Like I always see myself being involved in something. Because I get such a buzz from getting out there and that bit of drive and making a difference and helping people out and doing as much as I can in the world. And I think, why would you ever take that away? Age or not, why would you take it away? If you can keep going and that's there, oh, well, why not? I might be doing the same thing I'm doing now, but I reckon I'll definitely be doing something. Because that keeps me young. That keeps me feeling great. That keeps my mind sharp. That keeps my energy levels high. Just that sense of purpose and that sense of meaning. So why why would you be in such a rush to take it away? The goal for me, the goal is to keep growing and learning. It's not to slow down. It's to keep getting better. That's the goal for me. And I think as I go on, I have got better over the years. I would definitely say I'm much, much better now than I was at 22, 23. There's no question about that. I've evolved and I've grown and I've learned and I want to keep doing that. So, for me, I've no intention of slowing down as i as I get older for me, it's about what more can I do? How can I get better? How can I improve? How can I learn? How can I grow? having a purpose, having a reason to get up? that's what it's all about. If you lose that i I think it's I think it's a downward spiral, and I think it's a difficult thing for a lot of people to deal with and that's why i'm I'm a little bit surprised sometimes when i you know I see people that are just glorifying retirement and now they can't wait for it. It's each to their own, but for me. I don't ever see myself retiring. I think I'll always be involved in something for as long as I physically can anyway, physically and mentally. What I've really seen over the last, let's say, what am I, seven and a half years since I set up Alan Williams Coaching, which was then Nutrition Fit, it was kind of a crap name, wasn't it? (laughs) So I changed that over time, but seven and a half years ago, and I've just challenged myself all the way, every step of the way, just keep challenging myself. And the more I've put challenges in front of myself, the more I've evolved that's what I've really seen. The more I've put challenges in front of myself, the more I've evolved. And I think sometimes people try to avoid the challenge and try to avoid the hard thing. But by actually just looking for challenges and looking to improve yourself, you just evolve beyond anything you could ever comprehend. And I was thinking last night, I was writing a Facebook post just about this journey I've had, I guess. And it just brought some things to light for me. And I found it hard at the beginning because I was so shy anyway. I wasn't the type of person to put myself out there. So When I was running fitness classes back in 2013, I just started out. There was nobody turning up. Probably one of the reasons there was nobody turning up was because I didn't have the confidence in myself to go and advertise and to give myself a platform, even on social media. I was nearly just like I put up a few posters in the towns that I was uh, that I was running the classes in, and nearly just hoping that people would see the posters and come along, and I wouldn't have to put myself out of a comfort zone. And at some point then I realised that that just wasn't going to work because my business was nearly gone to the wall and it was going to go to the wall if I didn't do something about it. So I had to start just taking on challenges and coming out of my shell, putting myself out there, building a profile even on social media and putting myself in a head state again where you have to change the state, the state of being. You have to then go from worrying about what people think and being anxious about it and thinking what if people call me out and what if I put up something that's wrong and you're you're almost all consumed by that you have to change that state you have to move from that to I have as much right to put stuff out there as anybody else in the business why why shouldn't I you know other people are doing it why shouldn't I and I've just back myself and have, to have a bit of confidence in myself and above all the one thing I had to really train my mind was stop worrying so much about people's opinions That was the one thing I really had to drive home to myself when I decided to start promoting on social media. Stop worrying about people's opinions because if you're going to worry about the opinions of everybody and anybody, well, to be honest, you're never going to do anything. You're never going to do anything if that's what's all consuming for you. If I was worried about how the reaction is going to be to everything I post on social media, and don't get me wrong, I never want to offend anybody or anything like that. But I and there have certainly been times when I've hesitated countless times over posting something but it has to be now I'm here to bring value to people I'm here to serve people I'm here to put up something that maybe is going to help somebody in some small way might motivate them it might bring them a bit of knowledge it might make them laugh but it's going to help them in some small way so that is something you have to look at that what you're doing is bringing benefit to the masses rather than just focusing on what one or two people might say in a negative context so that was something I had to really just train my brain to do. It was one of the biggest challenges was just training the brain to stop worrying about what people's opinions are or what they might say. Because actually, to be fair, ninety-nine percent of people are absolutely fine. It's the one percent. But why, why would you not serve the ninety-nine percent just for fear of the one percent? So that was one of the first challenges that I faced, and one of the biggest that I faced. And since then, it's just been challenge after challenge, and actually actively looking to challenge myself. But the growth from it is enormous. So that's something I would absolutely encourage you to do. And as it's gone on, it's, it's been harder and harder at every step. But even one of the biggest challenges then is putting myself on stage speaking. Absolutely enormous challenge. But when you start doing that sort of thing, you just realise your full potential. You just realise how much you're actually capable of doing and how much you are living within yourself up to that point of your life. That's what you really realise. How much you are living within yourself. How much you are holding yourself back. And you also realize that the only person holding yourself back was yourself. The only person holding you back was yourself. When you're prepared to just throw off the shackles and go forward and embrace the challenge, you will surprise yourself. I guarantee you, you will amaze yourself at what you're capable of actually doing. When you just say, you know what, let's just have a shot here. Let's just have a shot back myself for once. Step out of the doubt, step out of the fear, step out of the self-loathing. Let's just have a shot. You'll be absolutely stunned at what you can do and what you can achieve. So for me, going forward, I don't ever see myself retiring because I don't want to take away those challenges. I want to keep growing. I want to keep pushing. I want to keep learning. I want to keep challenging myself because I thrive on that. I love that. I thrive on it. That's where I grow. And that's where all of you are going to grow too if you do that same thing if you embrace challenge if you stop shying away from it if you embrace it even when i speak to potential clients who are looking to come on the elevate course the one thing really that's holding them back for most of them is themselves it's not anything i tell them it's not anything that's involved in the course it's themselves it's that they they won't commit to it will i be able to do it you know it's that self-doubt but what if it doesn't work what if i fail again i failed at weight loss 20 times before. Why would this time be any different? Well, this time it'd be any different because I'm going to do it with you. I'm going to do a different way with you. That's why it's going to be different. We're not going to be doing the same things you've done before. But it's backing yourself and it's taking on the challenge. stop shying away from it because nothing is going to change unless you change it. You just have to take that first step. That first step is the hardest of all. But once you get beyond that, you overcome that challenge, the next time you face challenge, you're a little bit more willing to face it and take it on. And then the time after that, you're a little bit more again. And even with clients now, as we go on with them, you will see people that at the start were so 50-50 on signing up because they just didn't have the confidence in themselves to do it. And because it's a big commitment and because it's a financial commitment, they're starting to doubt themselves again. Oh, but if I pay that, and what if I don't do it? You know what, folks? 99% of people who pay it are committed and do extremely well. because it's, they're Because they're committed. It's that C word. They're committed. That's why. And then they do the work and they've got support and they've got guidance. But I have seen people who were in that situation who were so 50-50. But once they did it, they just went on to change their lives, just to do extraordinary things. I've seen people who couldn't run, who are literally now off running huge distances and doing incredible things. And people who had never lifted a weight in their life. People who had never trained, now hammering out weight sessions and all sorts of stuff. And people who actually just, from seeing what they could do in a physical context went and changed other areas of their lives because they realized that the same philosophies apply and the same strategies apply and it's just changing that little small thing the way you look at yourself the way you view it it's changing that and then you start to see that every area of life works along the same the same formulas business career fitness family relationships same strategies work when you start to change your way of think, when you get out of your comfort zone, when you look for new ways of doing things, when you look for bigger, when you stretch, when you strive for more, that's when everything starts to accelerate. That's when results start to accelerate in all areas. So don't be afraid of that challenge and don't back down from that challenge. Even with training, it's self-talk that gets in the way for a lot of people. It's that negative self-talk. What if, but I can't do this, but other people can do it, but I can't. You can't do that. Who are you to think you're able to do that? Why am I so slow with this? Why am I so overweight? Why am I so ugly? Why am I so this? It's that self-talk. That's what so many people are doing. And it's, it's crippling them. Absolutely crippling them. I try to encourage my clients to flip the narrative. When you ask better questions, you get better answers. So if you ask a better question, you say, how could I be healthier? You're going to get a hell of a lot better answers than saying, why am I so fat? So change the narrative. Change the way you talk to yourself. If you believe you can do it, you can absolutely do it. I'm working with a client at the moment who's six weeks done on Elevate. At the beginning she was walking. We got her up to a jog, walk, jog, walk. And just this week she's done an 8K run. How absolutely unbelievable is that? She's done an 8K run. And why? I'll tell you why. Because she threw off the shackles and she stopped with the self-doubt and she started to believe that she could do it. And above all, she made a decision to do it. She stopped with the I can't. and said, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to stick on the headphones and I'm going to keep running until I do it. That's what I call the, the gun to the head approach. When you get into that frame of mind, if there was a gun to your head, would you do it? Of course you would. So it's changing the thought process, changing the mindset. And I don't want to scare any newbies off here. I'm not going to make you go and run 8K or anything like that. Don't worry. I'm only just making the point here that what's out there and what's possible for all of us is way, 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 way beyond what we believe and what most of us can actually see at the moment. But we have to start stepping forward and stepping into it ourselves. Nobody else can do that for us. So embrace the challenge. Don't turn away from it. Because it's not about age or potential. It's not about that at all. People use age as an excuse. But sure I'm in my 40s now, I can't do what I did when I was in my 20s. You know, or sure I'm 60, 62 years of age, I can't lift weights. Why not? Why can't you? Because society says you can't? Because you're looking at an arbitrary number and deciding that you can't? you're 62 so what it's even more important to lift weights as we get older for even bone density preventing osteoporosis different things like that doing some sort of resistance training so important and even again like I hear all the time people will almost have themselves wrote off once they've hit 40 and it's it's a really sad situation people hit 40 and it's like they've given up on life and they've given up on themselves and they think they're just gonna have to accept that they're gaining weight and they're getting unhealthy and it's what comes with older getting older Well, it is if that's the way you choose to approach old age. It's not the way I'm going to approach it. I can tell you that. I have no intention of approaching it in that way. You could, by the same token, you could decide to look after yourself. You could decide to eat good, healthy foods. You could decide to meditate. You could decide to move your body. You could decide to lift weights. You could do any amount of things. And you know what else might happen? You might get into great shape as well, despite being 40. You just might. Worked with a girl last year who had a COVID wedding. God love her. And she asked for a little bit of help coming up to the wedding. Just getting in shape and so on and so forth. Like every girl I guess she wanted to look great on her wedding day. So we did a little bit of work. And she was, what was she, 36, 37? Did a little bit of work. On her wedding day she was in amazing shape. And I remember her saying to me. She said, Alan I haven't been this light since I was a teenager. And she had 100% wrote herself off. Thinking I can never be back in the condition I was there. I can never go back to that. That was what she believed. And that's what so many people listen to this belief That that's how I was back then, but now I'm a different person. Now I'm a heavier, out of shape, unhealthy, miserable person. And I'm stuck in this body and I'm stuck in it forever. That's what people believe. That's how it's going to be if you choose to accept that. I'm telling you, you don't have to choose to accept that. You can change the way you think. You can put some faith in yourself. You can bring on myself on board if you want. Toot toot. Didn't I get a nice little uh, a nice little plug in there? But genuinely, you absolutely can go back to how you were previously. And yeah, it might take a little bit more work. But then the question becomes: Are you prepared to do the work, or are you not? What's a greater pain for you? Is it staying as you are, or is it the pain of getting the heart rate up and getting a bit sweaty occasionally? That's up to you to decide. But don't put it down to your age or your potential because that's not what's stopping you. What's stopping you is your thought processes and what you're telling yourself. That's what's stopping you. Even for myself, one of the biggest challenges I've faced over the last year was going back to college. Another challenge that I put in front of myself, but it was something I wanted to do. Studying sports psychology and I guess one of the fears was that probably you're going to be the odd one out. Going back to college at my age, I graduated, I think what was it, maybe 13, 14 years ago, I graduated the first time around. So then you're kind of thinking, well, what if I'm the old man of the class and everybody else is just out of school and it's going to be harder for me to catch up and so on and so forth. But again, it's the story we tell ourselves, you're putting those self-limiting beliefs in yourself. So you've got to reframe that. So I come back to the question, well, why am I doing it? And I say, I'm doing it for me and I'm doing it for my clients and I'm doing it so I can bring a better service to other people. And I'm doing it to educate myself. And I'm doing it to stretch myself and to challenge myself. So therefore it doesn't really matter what other people are doing. Whether they're younger than me or whether they're computer whizzes and I'm not. It doesn't matter. I just need to do it at my own pace. And I discovered as well that you can't compare yourself to other people. So firstly that was before I'd even signed up. They were the people I was going to as the comparison. And then I straight away I'd flip the narrative. And I'd say nope, absolutely not. No point comparing yourself to them. When I actually got on the the course what I discovered was that it attracts people who are from a certain background I guess so we're doing sports psychology, but the the entry levels it's not as easy to get into it I guess as, as what I thought it was so what typically it has are a lot of elite athletes and then I'm looking at people who are you know classmates or international rugby players I'm looking at international athletes I'm looking at olympians I'm looking at professional footballers And straight off again, in comes the inner dialogue. What am I doing here? Look at all these guys. Look at all these have achieved. We have people who have won races at Cheltenham. These are the sort of people that are in your class and you're sitting back and you're kind of thinking, Jesus, what am I doing in this company? How did I get here, you know? So there's almost that imposter syndrome starting to creep in again. And then you've got to just stay, whoa, hang on a second. And again, it's reframing it. And you have to come back to, if I'm in the class, it's because I deserve to be in the class. They would not have accepted me here if I hadn't done something as well. If they hadn't seen something in me that they say, well, he's good at what he does and he's achieved a lot. So that's what you've got to remind yourself. You're not there to make up the numbers. But you absolutely cannot start comparing yourself to other people and to what they're doing. And then thinking that they're way ahead of you and they're better and they deserve more. And what I discovered was these people that I was in the class with, a lot of them have achieved incredible things in sport. But they're the most down to earth, nicest people. They're the same as you and me. They're just human beings at the end of the day. That's what they are. And I'm going to get some of them on the podcast for you as well, I think, over the next whatever weeks and months if we can. But they're the same. They're the same as you and me. They're just ordinary human beings. And they're there to do their best. And in actual fact, there was some of them that were out of education for a while, the same as me. So we had our little buddy group where we were kind of the ones that were thinking, you know, it's, it's a while since we did academic work, so we could bounce off each other and we could support each other. And even the ones that weren't as long out of education, it was the same for them because a lot of them were playing sports. So they're having to suddenly go back studying and that, and it's not easy. But again, we supported each other and helped each other as much as we can. So no longer are you comparing yourself to them. You're seeing yourself on the same level. And you're seeing yourself as friends and colleagues who are all there to help each other and all there to support each other and all on that journey together. And then we come out of it together at graduation. Please God, we will get to graduate. Normally, unless COVID stops the ceremony, we will get to graduate later in the year. So again, it's just changing the thought processes, moving away from comparison. The Comparison has to stop. I think it's it's okay to look at people and see people that are doing more than you, but to be inspired by them. To look to them for inspiration. Not to look at them and say, well, they're so far further on than I am and now I feel shit about myself. Because that's pointless. But to look to them for inspiration. To see what they're doing, but maybe they started at the same point as you. I see it all the time with clients. We have people on the Elevate course. They're looking to people in the VIP room. The VIP room are people who actually started out at zero as well. Maybe now they're off achieving huge things, but they started in the exact same place so you can be inspired by that. It's flipping the narrative again. It's not saying, look what they're doing. They're so much better than me. It's saying, look what they're doing, but they started at the same point as me. That's changing the narrative, changing the state. So I think I'm going to leave it at that. There's a fair bit in that, and it was meant to be, as always, a short podcast, but it's not. So there you go. I hope you've enjoyed that, and I hope you've found it beneficial and something useful in it. And yeah, look after yourselves. I will chat to you all next week again. Have a great week. As always, if you need any help, please do get in touch. I am opening up my April intake of clients tomorrow. So we'll be taking on new clients for Elevate tomorrow. If you've liked what you've heard in the podcast, if you would like to work with me, if you're ready to start your own journey, please do get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. All the best.